This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up my casuals and casualettes? It's Aaron Wright. This is going to be my podcast. It's, uh, it's going to be called You Can't Guard Me. Because many people can't. Uh, shout out to Stu Douglas also. He um, he helped me out with this. I asked him a few months ago because he does podcasts on his channel. And um, I think it's called like Not Mainstream. He does a good job. He posts pretty much whatever he wants to. I know he's, he's out in uh, Israel chilling. So I'm sure that he has a lot of time on his hands um, in between games or whatever he's uh, doing, but I hit him up a few months ago and I just asked him, you know, what, you know, what are you using in terms of podcasts? He said, Anchor FM, they do everything for you. So, uh, looked into it, set it up. Uh, I created my own little, my own little artistry, my own little background, my own little, you can't guard me with the yellow background. And, you know, I, y'all know that I do my own hats so, um, created that. If anyone wants to, you know, help me out and set up with, uh, give, give me something more creative to use as my little podcast header background thing, please throw me some, throw me some suggestions or if you want to volunteer and do one for me, that would be even you know better. And of course I'll give you all the credit, but you know, this is the first episode just going to get right into it. Not going to go crazy with anything, especially on the first one. Um, I wanted to bring someone in as like a guest, but I'll wait until like episode two or three. Cause I got, I got a few names that I want to bring in here where I'm sure a lot of you guys would be excited to listen to the dialogue and listen to the back and forth. Um, so if you're listening to this, you're probably, you know, either a Michigan or MSU fan or, you know, someone in Michigan, the Detroit area. Um, just real quick thoughts about this past season. Um, you know, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's 2018, 19 years a lot like Michigan's 17, eight year, eight, 18 year, and I would say vice versa for Michigan. Michigan's 18, 19 years a lot like Michigan State's 17, 18 year. Um, you know, Michigan State. They lost some guys, but, you know, everyone had a defined role. They knew where the shots were coming when guys needed it. So you saw them, you saw them close out games. You saw them, you know, finish strong. You saw them, you know, beat Michigan in the clutch because they have multiple guys who would go out there and everyone had confidence in everybody. And they would go out there and, you know, have their scorers score. So, a lot like last year's Michigan team, 
You know, they had guys like Mars step up. They had guys like Mo step up. They had guys like, you know, even, you know, Duncan hitting big shots. Um, they didn't have that this year. Uh, this year's Michigan team is a, lot, is a lot like last year's Michigan State team where, you know, they weren't as talented. But in terms of roles being defined, um, the roles, I, I just don't think that there was a defined role on the team especially when adversity came. So when you saw Michigan State struggle last year, it was a lot of, okay, whose turn is it to shoot the ball? You know, and, you know, Izzo puts in Ben Carter over two guys who have been efficient all year. So, like, not not even Izzo had a set rotation. Up until the the, the actual tournament, he got key with his rotation. Um and this year's Michigan team is very, very similar. You know, they, you know, they know where the shots were coming in the in the clutch. I think, I think the only guys who are really capable who who could have been those guys is Simpson and Teske, and they were probably, uh, you know, your least offensive threats in the lineup, especially when you have Pool Iggy, um, Pool Iggy, you know, even even Matthews and Livers. The only consistent guys were Teske and Simpson. And when those are your most consistent guys, it's going to be tough because they can't really go in and get their own bucket right now. Maybe next year, I think that's going to be the next big step. But um, that just wasn't them this year, unfortunately. And that sucks. And that sucks because they, they were one alpha away. And that could have been anyone. That could have been Iggy could have been the alpha. Uh, Matthews could have been the alpha, Pool, Livers. You know those. You know those guys are talented, but if they had the alpha in them as well too, like that's all they were missing. You know they were very close to being a championship team. Um, they were one alpha away from winning a Big Ten title. They were one alpha away from winning the Big Ten tourney. They were one alpha away from probably like. Like I'm, like I'm looking at the teams that Michigan had. Like Texas Tech, great team, great defensive team. But come on, come on! You score forty four points, went zero for eighteen. I mean, you hit your average and you win that game. No alpha man, alpha like that's all they were missing and that's what sucks cuz this is going to be the year of what ifs yeah they won 30 games and they lost 7 but one alpha could have changed this whole thing this whole thing this whole entire thing and the and the fact that Michigan State beat Michigan 3 times also helped Michigan State seeding as well too uh helped their seeding kind of hurt Michigan's you know Michigan Michigan was you know, one alpha away, <laughs> one alpha away from a one seed, one alpha away from from probably taking over Gonzaga's spot as a one seed in the West. And off of what one or two days prep, you know they're you know if Texas Tech is that three seed, one alpha away, dude, one alpha away. And there are no Villanovas in this tournament from last year. You know, it was wide open 
this year. No Villanovas coming into the tournament knowing that they were going to be the team to beat from day one. Like, they didn't really have that this year. Duke, crazy talented. Not arguing that. At the same time, they're freshmen. They make mistakes. They're like 335th or something like that nationally in three-point and three-point percentage. Nationally. And, and as good as R.J. Barrett and as good as Zion were at getting to the cup, they couldn't really, you know, shoot. So, you have freshmen on a team who can shoot, super talented. I think, you know, you know Zion is going to be a, a generational guy. Um, I hope he has no medical issues here in, in the next couple years that are, that's going to, you know, hamper his abilities. But that dude is, that dude is next level. He is so, he is so freaking good. But, you know... You let him get his, you know, R.J. Barrett has been inefficient in the past in Duke's losses. Cam Reddish has been pretty much inefficient the entire year. Trey Jones is pretty much Xavier Simpson. He he can do a lot of things, but he, he doesn't have the ball a lot. Because why? Because he has R.J. and Zion and Cam. You know, you got to share the rock. Uh, and they really didn't have a fifth guy. Uh, you know, you know, Bolin, the lawyer, you know, Dude named Jack. I mean, I don't know. O'Connell. Like, that was just, I mean, that team was not very good. Honestly, they, I'm not going to say that they're not very good. Super talented, but they had more weaknesses than what people thought. Um, You know, Purdue. <laughs> yeah, Purdue is probably playing for a national championship tomorrow. If... Things go right on their, uh, on their, um, what was the one play versus Virginia when they had fouled them, which it did work well. I explained this in a video, like it worked well. Like, you know, Virginia had to have several things happen to happen perfectly for that play to actually work and go down for him. And it worked, but Purdue would have beat Auburn. <laughs> They would have beat Auburn, and, you know, it would have been Purdue versus Texas Tech. I couldn't live in a world where Matt Painter and Carson Edwards took Purdue to a national championship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I think Painter's a great coach, but, you know, Edwards, all all of a sudden, he goes from chucking everything to uh, being just wild, like Jimmer, Steph Curry stuff. And I saw some tweets. They're like, he's improved so much. And but I'm like, no, he has not. I mean, he's shooting the same shots. He's getting up the same looks. But in basketball, when a ball goes in, everything looks a lot looks a lot better. So don't let makes and misses dictate how you know you feel about someone, how their game went. He he's he was playing the exact same all year. Only difference was tournament came and dude was lights out. Dude did not miss whatsoever. So, basketball-wise, I'm going to talk hoops on here. I'm going I'm to talk football. I'm not even a football guy. Like I, like, I couldn't draw up a cover two to save my life. And people have laughed at me about that. I'm sorry. I just, you know, couldn't. Um, but at the same time, I understand dynamics and and how things work. But 
you know, with you know football, I'm the jury's still out for me from for Michigan football in terms of just in terms of the offense and Gaddis, and it all sounds so good. It sounds so good. But if you know, but if do I don't know, if dude was really confident, he wouldn't be posting all this stuff or talking about all this stuff. That comes off as insecure to me, you know. I hate to be that guy, but you know, usually, you know, you don't talk about it. You go and be about it. You know what I mean? And do I? I'm gonna be like, I'm. I try not to be a contrarian. Um, I'm a free thinker. Like I think for myself, but you know, when I sit back and I'm looking at the offense from last year, honestly, we only needed hurry up in only a couple games. Like the power stuff works. I mean, the power, the power and boring stuff works. It works. It it's gonna work against Michigan State. It's gonna work against, um, you know, when when we play against a team like Penn State. But it's gonna be nice to have more to the offense. If we need to score, we've worked on it so much that we can turn it up. Being able to score in different ways, like we can, we can run a seven-minute drive. 15 plays going 85 yards. On the other hand, you can go have a two-minute drive, 75 yards, three plays. Like, being able to score in different ways is great. But I don't know about this power spread stuff. Like, I, I, I really don't. When it comes to teams like Michigan State, I mean, they eat that stuff up. Like, as bad as, you know, even in their their down years. I mean, they've given Ohio State more of a run than Michigan has. You know, Ohio State ran that power spread and they run the spread and all that. Michigan State is all over all that stuff. So, I would really hate to lose sight of, you know, you know Michigan football, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get it, but I would really hate to lose sight of, you know, the offense was successful at certain at certain points. You know they were successful at at certain points, but when we got into a shootout, when we needed to to actually score, then there was a huge issue. I just don't think that you know the way that you know Beeline ran his like he slowly changed over time, very slowly changed over time. You know his trust and his assistance didn't come over time. You know, that had to be a gradual thing. You know, him turning into more of a defensive-minded, you know, I need to have a defensive coordinator type of type of guy to, because I don't want to have to worry about that stuff. That didn't happen just with Yaklich. I mean, that happened with Donlin. I mean, that happened before, that happened before Yak. I mean, it's been like a, like a four, five, six-year type of, Turnover, like okay, I, I need to slowly let up my reign some, let my assistance be assistance. Um, I don't like, I, I don't want you know Harbaugh to get into a panic, like we have to change because 
we have to change because we have all this stuff going on and we have to change because, you know, you know, what we're doing isn't working. And I'm like, like, I, I just want him to be, I want him to make changes because he knows there's a change to be made, not because he's feeling pressure from the outside. And I don't want it to be too rapid, like another Rich Rod, <laughs> where you go from Lloyd Carr to Rich Rod, you're playing two different, two completely different brands of football. Two totally different brands. I really hope it is more of a mesh. I really hope it is a slower turnover and that guys aren't learning everything brand new or else we're back at year one. Um, I'm all for hiring a new guy. I just, I would just rather things, you know, as a fan and as a Michigan dude, like I like hearing about what's going on, speed and space. Cool. Great concept. But at the same time, yes, it gets, it gets the fans hype, gets the crowd hype. I get it. It gets the, it gets people who aren't involved. It gets them excited about the spring game, gets them excited about next year. It's going to sell tickets. You know, they're going to sell tickets anyway, but but I just don't want them to lose vision of what's in front of them. Like, I don't want them to totally give up on what they did last year. Like, you had guys, play your best players. Do that, please. Play your best players. But there's going to be some teams where you're going to need to change it up. Are they going to know how to change it up? That's, that's the part where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Ohio State. If Ohio State played Michigan the same way that they played their first 11 games, Michigan wins that game by at least two touchdowns. But what did Ohio State do? They have a plan for Michigan, specifically for Michigan. Michigan went into that game with, we're just going to do what Michigan does. There is nothing more arrogant than that. We're going to do what we do, and they're going to have to stop us. Super arrogant. There needs to be a game plan for each team. You can't just say, I am almighty. Hear me roar. Like, you can't just go in like that. Like, these dudes have your number. Every single team that you play, you've got to scheme differently. It's not like in the 70s and 80s where you could just do what you do, and they're going to have to stop your force. And... Michigan's not good enough talent-wise to do that either. You know, they're not recruiting like Georgia and Bama. Like they like they're just they're just not. So therefore, you're gonna have to scheme the right way for each of your opponents that you know that you cannot just overwhelm. Michigan tried to overwhelm Ohio State last year. Good luck with that. 62 points. Or 63. I don't know. It was over 60. That's all I know. Um so, I'm gonna talk football coming up this this uh this fall spring game, um, throughout the summer. I'm gonna talk about all that stuff, cause there's some dudes who who talk basketball who have no right to be talking basketball. So therefore, I'm gonna jump in your world and screw things up and say some outlandish stuff. Whatever you say, outlandish stuff for my sport. So I'm gonna come ruin things for yours. Um. 
So back to it. I'm going to have special guests on here. Uh, hopefully next time I have someone. Uh, I already have some people in mind about that. Um, I'm going to try to drop some like finance stuff as well too. Just so you guys, you know, just get the gears turning and, and all that fun stuff. Um, one of the first things that a lot of kids ask me, I try to talk in front of high schools all the time, high school seniors and juniors. One of the first questions they ask me is, you know, what is a 401k? When should I start investing? I mean, it's very, very simple. I just ask them how old they are. And I say, right now, like you should start investing ASAP. If your job doesn't offer retirement benefits, you can very easily open up a Roth IRA with your bank. You can open up a Roth IRA with an individual broker. Just understand which share classes they're putting you in uh, to make sure that you keep your fees super low. Roth IRA is nice because it goes in after taxes. Um, you get taxed on that today. You don't get taxed on that later. You can touch the principal whenever you want, um, but you can't touch the interest until age 59 and a half. And super easy because it's individual. It comes right out of your checking and savings account. Has nothing to do with your worker. You could turn, you could turn your, your contributions on and off from whenever you feel like it. You can get a tax return and you could put in a lump sum of However much you want, one, two, three, four grand, doesn't matter. You just can't put in more than six grand if you're, if you're under 50. If you're over 50, you can put in another thousand to go to seven Gs. And that's per year. Um, that's a new law as of uh, January of this year. It used to be 5,500. 5, now it's up to six. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to try to drop some tidbits of like finance in here every now and then. Just to get you guys gears turning and all that fun stuff. Because I think it's, um, I don't think people spend a lot of time on it when it's super important. Um, I always use these this analogy in, you know, meetings where I'll say, you know, you tell a 12-year-old kid, hey, hey, go shopping for some groceries. Go to Kroger. If you're down south, go to Safeway. Go to, you know, Giant. Um, up north, if you if you know, go to Meyer, like, hey, tell your 12-year-old kid, go shopping for some groceries, all right? Don't tell them what to get. Just say, hey, we need something to eat. They come back half an hour later, and they're, they're going to put all this stuff on the table. Then you're going to figure out, okay, what can we make from this? Is that efficient? No, it's not. But that's how a lot of people treat their retirement. They get all this stuff. They get this IRA here. They get this mutual fund here. They get a couple of bonds. They get a couple of CDs. They opt into their 401k. They you know, do all this stuff without any sort of plan. Like, like you're trying to make dinner. You know, stop buying all this stuff. You know, figure out what you want to make. Figure out what you want the end goal to be. And from there, slowly incorporate different inv different investments to make sure that you can reach your goal by the end or come very, very close or even exceed it. So please do more planning. Don't just get a bunch of stuff just because it sounds good. Don't have someone tell you that, you know, if someone's giving you advice without asking you how much you make or what your final goal is, 
he's an idiot. Like, like don't ask anybody about, don't ask, don't have anyone give you advice without asking what your situation is. You should be putting 15 to 20% away of your salary because we don't know about blah, blah, blah. Little does he know you live paycheck to paycheck. You you, you got to eat today to make it to retirement tomorrow. So if someone gives you blanket advice, just nod your head and keep it moving. Nod your head, keep it moving. In order for someone to give you advice, they need to know a little bit about your situation. And that goes with everything. You can't give blanket advice unless they know more about your situation. Imagine walking into a doctor's office, you sit down, doctor comes in and goes, heart transplant, and then leaves. Like, what? Like, <laughs> it's like, yo, doctor, I got a, got a runny nose, bro. Like, what are you talking about? That's how it is. That's how it is. But you're getting advice from, from people who don't even study this stuff or look at this stuff every single day. Like, that's how crazy it is. Like, people don't even, you know, when it comes to retirement, they they treat it like it's just they treat it like it's nothing you know they you put so much time into your health and so much time into the dentist so much time into all these things but when it comes to your money you either want to do it yourself or you're going to ask your uncle joe hey what should i be doing with my with my with my money it is the strangest thing it is the strangest thing it is the weirdest thing that I have ever seen in my entire life. You do your tax through a CPA or some do it on your own. If you do it on, on your own, you may be missing out on a few breaks. If you are, if you're sick, a bone is broken, you need surgery, you don't go to your Uncle Joe to say, hey, hey, Joe, you got that saw, you got those needles, I need you to fix my broken leg. You're not going to ask Uncle Joe about legal advice if you get in trouble and you're trying to stay out of jail. You're not going to ask Uncle Joe about fixing your teeth because you got a toothache or you need braces. You're not going to ask Uncle Joe about getting some about getting some braces and he's going to and I'm going to come over to your house, Uncle Joe, here to give me braces. Nope, you wouldn't do that. But when it comes to your money, <laughs> Uncle Joe, what should I do with this? <laughs> it's crazy to me. It's so crazy to me. It's so it's so crazy to me. That's like asking someone's advice about college who never went to college. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know. People I don't know. People do weird weird stuff, man. But if anyone gives you advice about money and they don't ask you about your situation. Nod your head, keep it moving. Nod your head, keep it moving. All right, so this is going to be a short episode. Uh, I'm going to get into some get into some mailbag stuff. I haven't even looked at these. Uh, I said, don't ask me anything about Michigan. Of course, there's going to be some trolls in here. Um, who do you think most likely leaves Iggy or Pool? Troll. I don't know. The draft is so bad this year, man. It's top-heavy. I mean, people think it's good just because Zion's in it. No, like, very top-heavy. Like, after the first few picks, I mean, dudes are going to be sliding up and down. Pause. Um, 
And why did my wife leave me? Well, first of all, your Abby is a shack in a Cubs hat, so. Um, troll. Thoughts on each person's game that Michigan is still pursuing. Quinones, Wagner, and Beverly. Strengths, weaknesses. I mean, Quinones, Wagner, and Beverly have one thing all, all in common. They're going to be wings who can shoot the rock. They're wings who can shoot the rock. They can hoop. Beverly plays with a lot of passion. Like, I like the way that he plays. He plays with a lot of passion. He plays with a lot of FU in his game. Uh, Quinones is super confident. Wagner, I mean, you know, he plays a lot like... Um, he reminds me of Wieskamp from Iowa. That kid can play. That kid, that kid is going to be... You know, he's, he's probably going to be at Iowa for all four years, but he's going to be a kid his senior year where you're going to be asking, like, well, how does he still have eligibility? That dude is good. Wagner's a lot like Wieskamp. High-skilled, uh, long arms, guard, great shooter, um, can get a bucket, can, can you know, get to the rim, silky smooth. When it comes to you know you know you know defense, especially in you know college, it has nothing to do with talent. It's all about heart and the little things. If you got heart and you do the little things, you could play defense at a very high level. Um, what is the name of your podcast? Name of the podcast is. I want to try to get this out there. It's like Apple TV. No, I'm not. Apple TV, um, iTunes, whatever. I think I think Anchor does that for you after a while. But name of the podcast is "You Can't Guard Me." Why? Because a dude listening to this probably probably can't guard me. Yeah, even you, Stu. Um, if everyone comes back who isn't graduating, obvious departure for NBA on both MSU and UM. Who was the very, very way early favorite between those two teams to be playing this weekend next year? Oh, Michigan State by far. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Michigan State by far. By far, Michigan State. By far, Michigan State. Um, yeah, that's easy. That's easy. You know, Michigan State, they're going to return. They're going to return anyone who's an undergrad. So they're going to return Cassius Winston. Stop. People need to stop asking. That dude, Cassius Winston, is not leaving. If he does leave, he's going to come back. Um, Do not mix up NCAA production to NBA translation. Those are two very different things. NCAA production, NBA translation, two very different things. Cassius is a better NCAA producer than Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole's game translates to the NBA way better than Cassius Winston. Don't stop combining the two. Cassius Winston probably one of my favorite players to watch because he does things he does so many things without overwhelming the opponent uh and i think that you have to be you have to have a certain type of skill level to get that done what i mean is 
He doesn't jump over you. He doesn't blow past you. He doesn't wow you with these crazy handles and, you know, bop your ankles to the universe. Like, he doesn't do anything crazy. But he plays within himself. He changes speeds really well. And he's a really good shooter. He's crafty in the mid-range. And he's crafty at the hoop. Really good at drawing charges. Yes, he uses his off-arm. But he's smart to where he doesn't extend it. Like, he does a little chicken wing where the elbow comes out a bit, but he doesn't extend the arm that much. Um, so he's coming back. You get Langford back. He's been sitting out. You know, you're going to get Langford back. He's going to probably come in for uh, McQuaid. McQuaid made huge shots. Huge shots. They lose if McQuaid misses one or two threes of his, like, seven or eight in the Big Ten Tourney Championship. That dude hit huge shots. Langford has to be that guy. He was much more like the mid-range guy. Um, and he's going to have to be the defender. Him and Henry going to have to be the defenders. Um, Tillman comes back. Um, not sure what Ward's going to do. That's kind of still up in the air um Marcus Bingham that dude you know he I mean he was top 50 top 60 in the country coming out coming out of high school he could have a huge offseason a huge offseason who knows um and you have Kithier coming back and he'll be a sophomore as well too um but yeah, I don't know. I don't know about. I don't know about Ward, man. I don't know about Ward. But they've got some good cats coming in. Yeah, you, you know, Rocket Watts. I think Watts is gonna back up Cassius next year, and I think Lawyer's gonna back up Watts. Rocket Watts. Rocket Watts could. He could have backed up Cassius this year. If Rocket Watts was on the was on the roster at his age right now, he would have been the backup for Cassius, and Cassius could have had several minutes per game to sit down. Izzo did not put in Foster Lawyer against teams who he was who he had some type of what's the word? Not gonna say that he didn't res didn't he didn't respect. It's more so like teams who he didn't really fear, he will put lawyer in the game without even without even breathing, without even thinking about it. If Cassius Wilson had one foul or no fouls and lawyer was in in the first half, Izzo knew that was a dub. <laughs> Izzo knew that was a W right away. Right away. That's how. That's how. If you wanted to, if you want to go back and watch games, and if Lawyer played in the first half, and Cassius did not have foul trouble, and Lawyer was in the game, Tom Izzo, that team did not make him lose sleep that night. I guarantee you. In terms of Michigan, got Simpson coming back. You got Teske coming back. That's all I know from the starting group. You know, pools up in the air, Iggy's up in the air, 
Matthews, I'm pretty sure, is gone. But I don't know. This draft is so bad, man. I'm going to come back. This draft is so bad. You could easily mean like, you know, Kevin Kevin Herter, when he came out, he was supposed to be undrafted. But he got picked like top 25 first round. I mean, this draft is not good. It is not it is not a good draft. And that's usually good for guys who want to go to the league. You know, you have guys like Poole whose game translates. You have Iggy who's twenty, who was, you know, you know, freshman of the year in the Big Ten. I I just I just don't know what their roster's gonna look like. Saying that, you know, Michigan State has the edge because they don't they don't have any undergrads leaving. Which stupid. So funny how that works, man. So funny how that works. You have this this, you know, got this got this team, wins the conference, wins the Big Ten tournament, goes to the Final Four, and twenty nineteen doesn't lose anyone to the NBA. I don't know if it's an Izzo thing. Is like just the guys that he had this year aren't you know the NBA doesn't translate as much. You know, even Tillman is a better NBA prospect than Cassius. But Tillman only really got an opportunity when Nick Ward got hurt. Which was a blessing in disguise. Let's be real about that. So Tillman, you know. I don't know. Michigan State just just doesn't lose guys early unless they were just they were just they knew that they were leaving the year prior. They just don't they they just don't lose guys like that to the NBA draft. They just really don't. Comes down to playing to the playing style too. Um, I say that because you know, Michigan does a lot of pick and rolls with one through four, one through three. Michigan State does not. They do pick and rolls with one guy. That's it. Like 90% of their pick and roll is with one person. With Michigan, you got PNR with their four. You got PNR with their three. You got pick and roll with their two. You got pick and roll with the one. Like, so you got multiple guys showcasing their pick and roll skills when the NBA itself is a it's a pick and roll and it's an ISO league. What does Michigan do? Pick and roll and ISO. So they they get to showcase this all year long. So therefore, that's why you see more NBA teams are on them. That's why their stocks are usually higher. It's because the way that Michigan plays is very NBA-like. All right, let's move on. All right. How would you rank current recruiting board for 2019? Um... For Michigan, it's not that bad, but it's it's kind of up in the air still. I know it says current, but it's so up in the air because because Beeline is still recruiting twenty nineteen hard because he doesn't know who's coming back. Neither do I. Like I have no clue. Guys are leaving. Guys are coming. Like Beeline has no clue what his roster is going to look like next year, let alone in the next two weeks. Who knows? Um. You know, Wilson has a chance to come in and play right away. The three is going to be wide open. 
Um, just depends on who leaves and who comes back. It just it comes back to that again. But Wilson's gonna have a chance. Wilson's gonna have a chance. Nunez is gonna have a chance. Um, there are gonna be a couple of wing spots open. That's if a few guys leave. But who knows? Like that's that's just I don't know that whole thing with. You know, guys with the NBA and coming back and all that. It's great for the players, for the college coaches. Whew. It's tough. It's it's very it's very, very hard because how it's very hard to fill your roster, especially when you pretty much recruit at a certain level and then play a certain style where guys can leave for the NBA in a matter of just one year or two years or three years or be someone like Stoskis where you go from a from a spot-up shooter to one of the best pick-and-roll guys in all of NCAA. You're basically a 6'6", shooting guard, point guard, just going to work, player of the year, take your team to, to the Elite Eight, lottery pick. I mean, come on, dude. It's crazy stuff, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. Early power rank for next season in the in the Big Ten is OSU a sleeper team. Um OSU maybe. OSU maybe. I Michigan, Michigan State are gonna be be good. Iowa's gonna be good. Um I'm excited to see what Rutgers does. I'm excited to see what what uh, Rutgers does because they were only three four games away this year from all from looking at a bid. They were three or four game. They were three or four games this year, winnable games. You know, they were winnable games where where they where they just didn't close it out, and they could have been on the bubble, and they could have been like a last four in type of team this year. And they return pretty much everyone. It's going to be interesting. Rutgers. Rutgers. Yes. R-U-T-G-E-R-S. Rutgers. Illinois started playing well towards towards the end as well, too. But they're so, they're so friggin' loose with the ball. They play so erratic. I just don't trust them. We'll see in the, we'll see in the non-conference. I may change my position, but... From what I've seen, they they look like a AAU team with no discipline. As Cash is eventually an NBA six man starter, I I don't believe so. He's such a good NBA. He is not, not, he's such a good NCAA player, but though man, like, but you see cast like Raymond Felton still in the league, who who's getting the rotation, but NBA teams don't. They don't want that. <laughs> they want their Damian Lillards. They want their Russell Westbrooks. They want their Kyrie Irvings. Like that's who they go for. And if they can't get those, they still want those guys in secondary roles. So I mean he's he is who he is at this point. Um I just I I just don't see it. I think he'll get an opportunity 
I think he will get an opportunity at some point, whether it's over the summer or whether he gets like a 10-day contract or he, he can still go overseas and make a ton of money. He can go over there and make a lot of money. But in terms of NBA translation, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just I just don't think he has the metrics. But I I do think that he does have he will get an opportunity. And honestly, that's all you can ask for in his position. Um Does Jalen Wilson have a shot at starting next season? Yes, he does. What sophomore do you think makes the biggest jump from year one to year two? I am such a Brandon Johns guy. I am such a Brandon Johns guy. I love that whole class. That, that, that entire class is really good, man. But I am such a Brandon Johns guy. That dude has so many tools in his toolbox. It is unreal. It is unreal what that dude has. He's 6'9", can shoot it, can handle the ball. He, he could be a point forward. I mean, he he could he probably mean he probably has better handles than than uh livers. Easily. I'd say. I mean, like I've seen dude get a rebound, push it up the court, getting pressured, zigzagging up the court, behind the bag, doing everything. And then pulls up from 25, hits nothing but net. Dude has so much in his game. It all comes down to confidence and being able to have the leash to incorporate it into an actual game. I am such a Brandon Johns guy. That dude right there, man. So much potential, dude. So much potential. So much potential. But he's got to have the confidence to come out with it. Um, this guy says, I left my campsite and hiked south for three. Oh, it's a riddle. I left my campsite and hiked south for three miles, and I turned east and hiked for three miles. I then turned north and hiked for three miles. At which time I came upon a bear inside my tent eating my food. What color was the bear? Um, I think I've heard this joke before. It's white, something about the North Pole. I don't know. Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much it. Let me see if I can reload this, if there's any other, if there's any other questions on here. Um, can Beeline figure out how to attack a defense that switches everything with this roster? Is this team going to be good at offense next year? The past two years have been so weird to me, dude. So weird. Like, like they're not, they have all the weapons to be offensive guys. They have all the weapons. I'm not sure if it's the pace that's hurting. They need to start pushing on misses. They need to start pushing on makes. They need to start pushing on turnovers. They have the athletes now. They have the scorers now. They have the shooters now. They need to start pushing whenever they can. Honestly. Like, rebound, go. And anyone can push. I've seen Teske push. Don't laugh. I've seen Teske get the rebound and push. One or two dribbles up the court. He's almost by half court. Make an outlet pass up to layup. I'm not saying 
bring the ball up, go behind your back and all this funky stuff. Man, get the rebound, bust out dribble, pass the ball up the court on makes and misses. Makes and misses and turnovers, especially turnovers. We got too many dudes who can finish at the rim to not push the rock. Push the rock. Push the rock the whole game. The entire game. Push the rock. Now, when it comes to half court, a defense that switches everything, you have to take full advantage of the mismatches. Don't be a casual and say just because there's a small dude on Tasky, you got to force it inside. A lot of times, them little dudes are strong as a, like, like Dave Merritt, that dude was strong. And they got the low body gravity, like, those are some strong dudes down there. And the referees, they let them do whatever they want down there. They'll undercut you a little bit, they'll foul your legs, they'll, they'll smack you, they'll do whatever. They, don't be a casual, please. Please, this is not the rec. This is not the YMCA where you're just like, oh, they're the mismatch aside. Get it to your big guy. What is this? This is not 70s basketball. But usually when there's a mismatch like that, if there's a little guy on a big guy, there's a big guy on a little guy. What did I say about 10 minutes ago? Michigan PNR ISO team. You gotta you're you have ISO guys on the court with a big doofus guarding you. Kill this dude, bop his ankles, get to the rack. And then you expect the 5'11 guard to guard the guy driving and the seven-footer? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. And that's where that's where it went wrong. That's where it goes wrong. You don't push on makes. You'll walk up everything. You got to push on makes. You got to push on misses. You got to push on turnovers. Period. Push the, too many athletes. That's how UVA lost to UNBC last year. You got all these athletes, but you want to but you want to play a game with like low possessions. That's how you lose to bad teams. That's how you lose to bad te- you lose to bad teams by lowering your possession count. You want to get possessions up. I'm not saying play fast the whole game, but you need to pick and choose when to go. Simpson, that dude is fast. He pushes tempo, he finds the right guys. He can finish at the rim. I mean, he's a super smart guy. What's the point of having someone that smart, that strong, that unselfish, and not pushing the ball to get more possessions when you're probably more talented than the other team 98% of the time? And even if the other team is more talented, I would bet that Michigan would be a better cohesive team. I don't know. That was a really good uh, question by uh, Rick. Rick, though. You know, are they going to be good at offense? Like, 
coming from a beeline team? That's a legit question because at times they struggle to score. How do you score when you're slouching? You push the ball. You are one of the better defensive teams in the country, not just the league, the country. You are top five defensive team in the country. You force turnovers and you force bad shots. That's what a good defensive team does. They force bad shots, which is basically a turnover, and they force and they force turnovers. You take bad shots and turnovers and turn those into points within eight seconds. Michigan's good enough to get that done. That they don't always have to be this half-court team. Increase the pace of play by a little bit. That's what it that's what that takes. Uh, let me see. I think I'm pretty sure that's it. I think that's it for the uh I think that's it for the mailbag here. Um yeah, so I will talk about anything and everything, man. It's gonna be about basketball, it's gonna be about football, it's gonna be I'm gonna have some special guests on here going ham, going ham sandwich. I don't care who it is. I'm going to try to get some crazy dudes on here. And we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk it out. Just going to talk it out. Shoot me some suggestions on what you think that I should do, what I could do better cuz I'm I'm always I'm always all ears on, you know, what you guys think think about things. Um if there's something that, you know, I should do better or if there's something that I should incorporate, that'll be pretty sweet. Um, oh, one last thing I did see, I did see a lot of people was tagging me on like the Phoenix Suns where that, (laughs) where that one guy literally was dribbling and the ref called him for a traveling. Um, first of all, it wasn't a travel, but if you could see the referee's line of vision, it was impeded by one of the runners. And at that time, the guy's left hand did come by the ball. So I think that the referee assumed he had either touched it or he had carried it. But still, that was probably one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life. By far one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my entire life. So I'm not even sure how this is going to sound. Uh, I never listen to myself talk. It's pretty annoying because um, I already know what I said. But I never listen to myself talk. Let me know if this came through clear or I need to come through clearer or I should, you know, do something. Just give me give me feedback, please. You know, don't don't hate. Don't hate and talk about me to someone else saying that this dude just started a podcast it's trash. He called me a casual. No, dude, just tell me. Tell me what I need to change so I can make the next one better. Then we'll make the next one better. And so on and so on. Like, I like criticism. I like it. Criticism is good. It makes you better. makes everyone better. makes for a better for a better product. So let me know. I'm going to go ahead and post this. And kind of go go from there. Have a good one. Peace.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.